It's made of chicken wings, like Brian Dennehy. He's made of chicken wings. You used to say that all the time. Every day, every day that I'd see you, you'd be like, "Hey, how's Brian Dennehy made of chicken wings?" I don't get it. Welcome to the Futile Podcast. Tonight, it's Ian and Zach. We're talking about the uh, Facebook movie, which should have just been called Facebook the Movie instead of The Social Network, which I think is the most awkward, probably the only really awkward thing about the movie in terms of its construction, because you've got David Fincher directing it, you got Aaron Sorkin writing it, you got Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the soundtracks, you got a lot of really competent, really good, talented people, in my opinion, working on it. I've liked just about everything Sorkin's written. I like Sports Night, West Wing, Studio 60. It takes, it takes a certain degree of, like... It takes a certain way to sort of handle the fact... All of his characters... It's like a Kevin Smith thing. All of his characters are the same. They're all very witty. They're all very sharp. They're all nothing but one-liners. People that... If, <coughs> if, if anyone... If, if most of the people in the world were actually like Aaron Sorkin writes most of the people in his material that it would be a very difficult world to navigate. Let's just put it that way. But it makes for good, uh, you know, quippy, you know, throwaway comedy type stuff or even throwaway dramedy in the case of, like, The West Wing. Uh, and Fincher is known for his, um, I don't know, a masterful visual style coming from music videos and uh, moving into films like Seven and uh, Fight Club and things, which are awesome looking. And Zodiac, which I own on Blu-ray but haven't watched yet. I think it's a super long, right? I'll, I'll, I'm game to watch Close it. To three, I'm game sure. to watch it, but uh, I'd like it's a podcast awesome. about it, too. Sure. Sure. It's I'll watch it, and then we can... And then Trent Reznor, I mean, I always like Nine Inch Nails music. And uh, Atticus Ross did the score for um, a few other movies, but he also... He's part of Flood... I think it's like a production producer. That's like his name as a producer or something. And uh, he did the score for The Book of Eli, which I, I think I said in the that podcast that Mark and I did about that, that like, the score was actually pretty good. Right. So all those things hold true. It's funny because I don't, I don't recall the score at all. In this movie. Well, there's just a few places. All I know is that uh, about The Book of Eli, I know you guys have already done this review, but I thought I'd throw this in. So Go for it. They, they pander to the uh, uh, to Christians, and they kind of market it as like this is a good, you know, it's a movie for Christians to see kind of holds a strong Christian message all the way through and then at the very end you know <clears throat> he's he's got his thing and, he, and he's turned in uh, you know he's he's translated his Bible and it gets and uh, the guy kind of like unceremoniously like puts it between a bunch of a, <laughs> a bunch of other religious tomes they have he's like ah it'll fit here between the Quran and the Torah I guess I like how they have and like you know now it's there okay time to move on like Thanks yeah. for all, thanks for the movie about this. Yeah, no, well, that was that was sort of the point I think. But the, I liked how they had like all the way to like finally like bind it and stuff. It wasn't just yeah. like it was like a stack of paper that like had like a three made a three ring yeah. binder. Which well, is they've what they've it got everything they need on. Need I'm sure. I'm sure. Have. Anyway, the point is that um, what I want to know is how in the name of Zeus's butthole they open the cells from the inside. I don't know. Was that was that from a line from The Rock? Yeah. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen that. I'm sorry. Anyway, so those guys, this group of people were kind of the ones that that put together, well, basically that made this movie, The Social Network. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's basically a biopic to a degree uh, following the illustrious 
creation of the social networking site, Facebook. Um, it's about Mark Zuckerberg, I guess, and his uh, co-founder, Eduardo something. And that's Saffron, Saffron. too bad that I don't know his name, because apparently he was the good guy in the story. Let's see if his name's on the masthead. Yeah, but who cares, right? And, uh, I mean, really, it's very... Uh, Shallow, and that's sort of the point. It, it's commenting on that. It, it's heart. The film is about. Well, it doesn't have a heart, but its theme is. Um, I don't know. It's it's the tried and true, like you said, the Citizen Kane thing to a degree. It's about uh, ambition. It's about uh, being powerful. But I think I think Citizen Kane was a little more. Um, I don't know what the term would be, but Citizen Kane is about the guy wanting to have sort of the love of the world and the power and control. And in this case, I think the Zuckerberg character as the Charles Foster character, as the Zuckerberg real-life character, as the, uh, you know, William Randolph Hearst character is more or less, as the uh, bloody Harry McDowell character from uh, Gungrave, it's more... It is a little more shallow. It is a little more straightforward. But that's also true. That's part of real life. Um, you know, the desire to have, you know, people want to want to be around you, I guess. And so really what you have with this film is you have good dialogue. You have a good score. The images all look good. Like I said, it's, 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 it's just it's such a strange subject matter to get these, to get two of these guys on, uh, Aaron Sorkin doesn't seem terribly out of place here, though it is kind of weird. But someone like Fincher and Reznor, it's like, I mean, ten years ago, even now, I'm like, man, Fincher and Reznor working together on a on a movie. I mean, the last time that happened was maybe Seven with the remix of Closer at the beginning credits. Uh, and I'm like, well, okay, they could do something awesome. Maybe it'll be something cool with a lot you, of spectacle. You, you really think about that with with. Uh Musical talent coming into things like I, I no no I, I just so it, it's it, because tertiary to me, it's, it's, but it's not because you always mention scores in well, movies. But if the movie's good, a score uh, amplifies it. Yes. If the movie is not good, then the, then a good score is wasted. It doesn't matter. And it's, Finch, it's Fincher, Fincher can make us make certain kinds of movies with a certain sense of style and sensibility, and Reznor's score would ele- elevates that and could. I, I'm saying. And in this case, it does. It clearly does in this movie, but it, it feels very wasted in this subject, given the subject matter. And some people say, "Oh, it underscores this sort of weird, creepy." To me, like I almost laughed at one point because I was just like, "This is such a waste of like awesome dramatic tension for something that's so shallow and really like it's like take the premise of this kid is gonna uh, type on a, on a type you know on a keyboard on a typewriter. It would have been cooler if they just used typewriters instead. That would have made a more exciting movie." It could have been Bells and Whistles, the movie. It should have been called that instead of The Social Network. It should have been called The Bells and Whistles. Um, and it's just—it's it, almost like a like like a funny joke. It's like the next, why don't you get Trent Reznor and to do the score and David Fincher to direct, you know, paint drawing the movie or some something else that too. And it's still going to be like you know kind of cool for a while. But I don't know. It's like it's like I didn't dislike the movie completely. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's an, it, it's odd, and the oddness kind of ele- definitely elevates the whole thing. I would say that Fincher's not doing anything outside of his um, general style and sensibility. I mean, Benjamin Button and this and 
of, you know, in the game and stuff all kind of have the same look. It's very sleek. It's very polished. All the people look, you know, look better than above average, which is, which maybe was a problem for what the subject matter of the movie was, re- was really getting at in some way. If it had been maybe less polished, then it would have been more relevant to the actual theme of the outsider nerds. The nerds still looked cool, you know what I mean? And still seemed cool and slick and cool and, and hip. I think Jesse Eisenberg looked slick and cool and hip. Well, no, because the whole point was he was trying to, you know, buck the system with his fuck you hoodie. He was also the only one who was an actual nerd out of that. Like, yeah. I mean, his... Um, his Sabrin wasn't uh, no he wasn't he wasn't a nerd he was like you know the whole time he was a business suit wearing but he was a sharp guy too and he was kind of maybe not silly in the the in crowd I mean at the beginning they established that thing and they got the score going and they got the whole like the duality or the you know of of the nerds in their little rooms by themselves and then all the hot chicks are going to hang out with with the cool guys at the at the final clubs are the final are those just frats is that a new term for a fraternity I don't know anything about this bullshit Harvard you know social scene and so maybe I was at a loss for how monumentally important it is in terms of caring about the characters motivations but I mean in the end they kind of spell it out pretty quickly that it isn't important (laughs) I guess Uh, undergraduate social club at Harvard yeah So it, it amounts to as much as, you know, accomplishing anything towards a Harvard end, towards an end of anything means, I guess. If generic success is your goal, then there you go. Um, and so that was part of the problem for me. Was it, it was a little murky in terms of not so much motivations, but just like an understanding of, of what was going on. That's why it, why it sort of seemed to sort of default to a certain quality of that I would say was kind of shallow. Though, I don't know, the, I mean, the, and the main character's not, not likable, but this is supposed to be, so, I mean, it's based on a book that's basically like a hatchet job on him, right? right? So, you know, take it with five grains of salt because it's the Zuckerberg character, not the real person, obviously. Um, biopics about characters, about people that are still alive are always kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of odd like that. It's almost like why not just make it, make it documentary? Supposed to be a, uh, you know, one of the world's grade A jerks. So, oh, that's I, I, I could mean. care less. You know, I'm sure him and Cubes hang out with box seats at the, uh, at the Mavericks games. It doesn't mean anything to me. For a second, I hope that was your, I hoped that was your nickname for Ice Cube, not no, Cube, not Mark Cube. No, no. I was hoping it was Cubes. Cube. No, Cubes, babe. We got to talk about the lottery ticket. It's blowing up. Yep. Remember. uh that was from Step Brothers, right? Where he called them cubes. Or the cube or some stupid shit. Though. I don't remember. He said he was doing something with the whole. I thought he said he was something. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, it, it sort of tries to redeem itself and get back to this sort of sensibility with a little pathos at the end for the character to point out he's just as sad and pathetic as whatever. And then it does the whole, you know, and now he's a bazillionaire. And it's like, that's not really a word. I'm sorry. Did you know? Oh, well, let me check the math there. You know, I mean... At a certain point in time, Sorkin could have stepped it back a little bit and put a little little more something in his characters that would give you some reason not to just be like, why do I care? What, you know, I don't... I, the only character I cared about was the Eduardo character because I felt like he was actually trying to, to do something in a, in a right kind of way and approaching things with some kind of a, some kind of like a goal-oriented mind without being such an incredible asshole about everything. Um, I mean, there was some comedy in it, but that's Sorkin's thing, you know, is that his dialogue is, is such that it works 
to, to kind of create comedy. With the twins, those twins were funny, obviously. Yeah. Played by the one guy. Oh, they did. They did it with like digital stuff. Yeah, they didn't Army, just happen. It's an actor, Army Hammer. Yeah. They didn't happen to find two. That was cool, though. That's how, social, that's how uh, Fincher likes to roll. He needs He's, to put something digital in there to make yeah, it exactly, right? hard for him to film it. You know? uh, yeah. How can I make this harder? Let's not get actual twins. Well, that probably would have been much harder. Let's get like Hulk of a man with like a deep, booming voice to play two people. Well, and that's probably... Well, it's supposed Who's to else? be represented I, I thought that guy was great. What those guys are, yeah. Um, the structure of the narrative where they kind of do the... They, 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 they do the, the gimmick of cutting back and forth between present and past as they kind of mm. unfold the plot to arrive at things so that nothing is kind of revealed, which I guess is just something you would do to add some level of extra suspense or some level of extra emotion, emotional connection. I, I because you, everyone's supposed to know the story, well, you know, I, I think don't. you do that just to, uh, just to acknowledge that people will be saying, like, we already know what happened. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's an unfortunate situation with a, a biopic about people that you know, did something six and a half years ago. I mean, ago. it's not a biopic. I mean, the, 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 that's true. It's not the, the, really thing, the, the book that was written is what's called a, uh, well, here we go. A nonfiction novel, according to the internet, a nonfiction novel has oh, it's, it's elements cr- of fiction in it. It's creative nonfiction. So, and what you were just saying about the Saverin character being the only likable one, he was the only person who was a consultant for of the writers. Of Yeah, exactly, novel. right? So, yeah. You know. No, 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 no. Anything that says based on a true story is terribly contrived. I mean, the whole point is why not just do a documentary about this story, you know? I mean, I like Pirates of Silicon Valley. I thought that was a fun, fun movie. You like too. Butt Pirates of Silicon Valley. Let's be, let's be serious. What was that what we were doing? Were we being serious? Did you like the little return that I gave you? The Sorkin-esque return I gave you? Is that what we're doing now? Was, was that Sorkin-esque? It was, it was as close as I feel like being at this point without vomiting in my own mouth. I'm only giving you as much attention as you deserve right now. This movie, if this was going to be a real Aaron Sorkin thing, it needed that guy with the glasses in it. Timothy Busfield? No, the guy who was on West Wing. With the glasses? Yeah, like short, uh, dark hair. Uh-huh, glasses. I know what you want to say. Uh-huh. No, uh, you mean Toby? I never watched the show. I just know what he looks like. I'm he was say, only in I'm West Wing. He was on. Oh no! You're I'm talking about Joshua Molina. He doesn't have a beard. I didn't say a beard. I said glasses. I know. I know. I thought. I thought you were going. No. 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 Joshua Molina was on Sports Night. Yes. Sports Night. Also. He was on yeah. all three. I think he was in yes. the Studio Six. Yeah. Joshua Molina. That guy. He sounds fun like this when he the, talks. That's yeah. the perfect. Yeah, but he also was the one who was the sarcastic, rapid-fire dialogue guy. A little bit in, in West Wing. In all of them. He was only in a couple seasons of West Wing, but well, they were always that way. Every character was that oh, way. I know, but he, but he's the one who like exemplified it. Oh, sure, yeah. When I think of Aaron Sorkin, I think of him. I mean, he played Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> he played Tom Cruise playing the guy. That's 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 funny. No, so back back to the Social Network review of. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of just baffled at it. At it. I mean, I understand some 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 of what's going on. I, I get why people like it it's not not a bad movie it's it's well made it's got that theme to a degree but it's just so like caked over with shallow garbage that isn't interesting or that just feels like stuff I've seen before in terms of like the story of the he's not like wide eyed he's just kind of socially inept or something and he's got his motivation and his goal to a degree 
I guess that's what he spells out at the beginning. I want to be, you know, important and powerful. Maybe I'm just too much of a hick to understand what the Blue Bloods and the uh, Harvardites are all, all about 24-7, go, go, rah, rah. Maybe I'm just going to shrug this one and say 3.5 out of 5. It's well made. It's got some good scenes and some interesting subject matter in some places, but it didn't really get into that enough for me. Maybe if it had been more of an actual biopic and we had had a little more either pathos or scenes of the Zuckerberg character deviating in some sense from the kind of person he was to the point where you would maybe care that he's still trying to find somebody at the end but they didn't really it's almost like it doesn't seem like it still like it really matters to him and it probably really doesn't and it's like okay great so what was the point then are you done I'm done are you gonna you finished yeah you done with this uh huh I've been sitting here waiting well, you, know, you didn't have to do that. You could, we could have had a discussion. You know what those are, right? A little more sorkin for you. A discussion, a debate, an interaction, a, a human connection. This doesn't sound like sorkin to me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like sorkin at all. This so, is the sorkin you're looking first for. First of all, a, I disagree with you about everything. Everything. So you don't like? You don't think that the Fincher, Fincher, and Reznor and those guys are actually good movie makers? I, don't, I think I that's irrelevant. That. Okay. I think that's irrelevant. You think the people making the film I think, is irrelevant? Then, to the I think film? them together is irrelevant. Well, it doesn't matter that they're together. Fincher it's is just... the only part of this that mattered at all. And Fincher is okay. He succeeds in what he does uh, always, and always what he sets out to do, and that and that's what changes. That's why Benjamin Button at its at its core was kind of a failure, was failure esque because it attempted to. You know, he. I'm. I'm sure he was listening to the criticisms. You know, everything he does is cold and clinical. There's no heart to it. Uh, they're not about. They're they're gimmicky. They're uh, they're not about anything in particular that pertains to the human spirit. So like that. So he's like, you know what? Let's make a movie about the human spirit. And so his idea of the human spirit is completely wrong. And it's told from the point of view of something that's, you know, an interesting gimmick once again. And then. Uh, the, the the character is like this wait empty, just to clear things up person. you're talking about social network now not Benjamin, Benjamin Ben you're Benjamin still talking about yes. Benjamin Ben okay because it sounds like it applies to both well here's the, here's the difference in Benjamin Button it's this uh, kind gentle uh, godlike man who goes through life backwards and uh, sees bits and pieces of things and is always kind and nice and generous that's his idea of uh, maybe that was his idea then of uh, what a good mo- what a good person would be in a movie, mm-hmm. and I've never done this. Let's do this. Let's make this this, this uh, uh, you know a layered whatever person. It's not a layered person. That, there, there's this mistake. That's the problem right there. Yeah, this has more heart than any of his other movies in it because the heart of a human is petty and jealous, and it builds up the shell around it. It, it he does have uh, he does have a quality the Eisenberg character in Social Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is redeemable. And that is the only times he ever shows cracks in his veneer of jerkishness is when it comes to do with his best friend. And every time they go back to the boardroom scenes, I mean, it, it looks like the only times he's ever actually kind of hurt by anything that's said is when, I mean, they keep sharing glances at each other. Uh, you know, he defended, he defended uh, uh, Eduardo to his lawyer about the thing. Uh, you know, about the chicken? Exactly. I mean, it, the, 
the actual, you know, the only real relationship this guy ever had was with this with okay. his friend. Let me, let me interject. Then, nope, nope, nope. And then the only other relationship he ever wanted was, was with this girl, and that's what drove him through this entire thing. The girl, I mean, if you think about it, for any uh, sort of what you'd think a normal person to be. You know, what, what's some, some average life goals? Oh, let's get a girlfriend. Let's get a job. Yada, yada, yada. So he doesn't care about money, whatever. We, we never hear what his background is, really. No. We never hear that if money matters, who knows if it did or not. It's irrelevant. Oh, it did. But we, we got the impression he, he, he had a girlfriend. Did. She seemed bright. She seemed friendly. She seemed, she seemed pretty. All this stuff. Uh, he kind of threw that away because he had, he some, somewhere along the line, you know, in the beginning, you get the idea that he, he believes that he's supposed to speak down to her. He, to, he you know... He's got this uh, jealousy of her talking about uh, crew guys, you know, like, uh, I mean, everything, everything he does all the through movie plays into him just going back and trying to impress the girl every single time. And they, and they, and they periodically drop off into it again, you know, once multiple times there, the, the, when he talks to the guys about the crew, he's very interested because he hears their crew. That's the only reason why he's going to talk to them because she mentioned crew. He goes and talks to her in that place. I mean, he, uh, so three times. Exactly. I mean, every time there's an act, essentially. So that that way you know that's the point, you know. Yeah. And so I mean, no, exactly. This is about like actual real humanity. This big thing spirals out of control and becomes this monstrous thing that hurts everyone around it, all because he was trying to do one thing to get back at a girl that he was trying to impress that he failed at because he didn't, you know, because he he tried too hard. He, you know, he he did have the misguided idea in the beginning that it would matter to, to be part of something. I mean, his little jealousy about his friend getting the Phoenix Club. Uh, plays into his breakup with him, or at least his friend thinks so. According yeah. to the book in the movie, that exactly, we watched. exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's why his but friend I mean, also, his friend also I mean, thinks that he was human to him a couple times too. His exactly. friend also thinks maybe exactly. he's still my friend. Yeah, and he put that in the book that he wrote about him. And so, and 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 that's what we have. So we're going by the movie, not you know, not yeah. real life. No, exactly. And and because of all that, I mean, this is this is the only thing that Fincher's ever even done that has like any sort of semblance of real humanity in it and it's I think it's the first time he succeeded at making a non clinical cold movie this is the first time he succeeded at that the other times in mo- many of the other times it didn't matter it's not necessary for the game not necessary for Alien 3 it's not necessary for 7 or Fight Club 7 and Fight Club have all kinds of humanity in them not, not in the main characters at all none whatsoever I mean the only time you're supposed to have any sort of sympathy or empathy with any of the characters in 7 is when the guy get, finds his wife with his uh, pr- pregnant wife's head cut well, off Brad Pitt's not the main character of 7 he is the main character of Seven. I mean, it's about it's about no, it's about Morgan Freeman. It's not about Morgan Freeman is the narrator of the film about the Brad Pitt character who hasn't seen this stuff yet. Morgan Freeman's seen it the whole time. So, I mean, it, 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 you know, you go through the the the, 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 the lineup of his movies, and it hasn't been necessary. But I mean, the criticisms, you know, anyone like you know, I'm not sure if it would be like critics or just the fact that you can only make so many things that are popular and have like cult followings before you start wanting Academy, you know, consideration. I mean, he's human like every other director and they want to be rewarded non-monetarily for their, you know, he sees himself in Zuckerberg. He might. He yes. might no, I, I wanted to say something about his visual style. Cause I, th- I, I get from Fincher that there's, there's a very important, that that's something he really is, is big on. He's a very right. visual director, uh, which is why I've liked all most of his stuff. Um, I mean, he, he I, I'd heard at one point that he actually processes his process back when he shot on film. He actually processed the film a certain way mm-hmm. to make the blacks a certain kind of really black and, yeah. like, and he, something he like likes, that. I mean, he likes yellows and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But he he primarily works in in a cold palette mm-hmm. color scheme. So 
that's a that's that's like you're already you're already making it very difficult to do a movie about you know that's not so much that human stories have to be but, but it works but you know what I mean. human stories favor this time as opposed to oh times. well it, it works in a sort of story about robot man that is he's not robot man yeah i, I know mean, he's not you're right he, but he never was if he was, then none of this would have mattered because he wouldn't have been hurt by little things. Yeah, but it sort of still didn't matter because whether he was hurt or not, it was like it was like 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 a, it felt very throwaway. It wasn't just focused enough on him. It wasn't focused and focused enough on him. Is what I'm, is what I guess. Like you said, it spirals out of control, and then it becomes about these different these varying testimonies, and it becomes about his betrayal to these people. And if it had stuck to the friend. And him as an interaction, but, but it's just like with Citizen Kane with the Joseph Cotton yeah. character, like there was that. If they if they had let go of the twins and that whole angle, because that was what most of the actual narrative took up time on, is it was let's see the courtroom testimony or not courtroom, but you know our, our mm-hmm. arbitration or whatever testimony between this case and this case, and look at how funny it is that there's two going on at the same time. Now let's see how he's sort of systematically. Uh, worming his way around these people and, uh, you know, playing I'm too dumb to know any better, but I'm way smarter than everybody else and I'm manipulating everything. And then and then it's like, oh, but he's doing it for this girl because that's right, that's how the movie started and, you know, of course he is, but so what? Either get do more with that or make it more about the interaction between the two friends. And you're right, that's where the movie worked and that's where you did see some humanity mm-hmm. in his character was with the interactions with friends. That's where I cared. That's where I was, like, the most interested in in the story, you know, the whole part about, like, the stocks being dissolved and, and diluted. Mm-hmm. That was, like, to me, where the movie kind of really had its greatest punch and it almost felt like... I mean, that's the climax. That's movie. the climax of the movie. And then there's 20 more minutes of, you know, well, let's just catch up to kind of make it, give it some kind of, you know, closure right. or something. And so, I mean, like I said, it was just it was, it was unfocused and, uh, to a degree. And that that's just part of my criticism, criticism. And it's what keeps me from elevating it to like a, you know, 5 out of 5 or something. Like I said, it's a 3.5 out of 5 for me right now. Because because of the style, because of the look, because of, because the story has some compelling components, okay. but I mean, like the inter- the interaction between uh, was the, who who was the, the actor that played the friend? I'll just use his name, uh, Andrew Garfield. He's a new Spider Man, new Spider Man, and um, and like and JT was good. Mm-hmm. JT he was, was, he was very, really good. He, was very good. he looked old in this movie too, didn't he? Didn't his face just look kind yeah, of old? Because yeah, Finch Fisher lighter, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, plus, I always thought that that Sean kid. Every picture I had ever seen of him, he like had a hat on and he looked that's a little. Sean Fanning. Oh, that's the other. That's the programmer. That's the that's program. The, yeah, yeah. Sean oh, Parker was, two of them. was the money. Two Sean's, Sean and yeah. Sean, huh? Yeah. Okay. See, so that I, the whole time I was confused. Plus, the the real guy who invented Napster was uh, was Seth Green in the Italian Job. So, oh, that's right, I forgot about in the Italian Job too, the remake of the Italian Job. So somebody <laughs> stole the Italian Job from the Italian Job. No, I mean it's like it, it, in one tiny little part with the twins, it tries to become the story about like the nature of the sort of fluidic understanding about intellectual property. Like when you guys had this stupid idea about Match.com for Harvard and I took, it, took that and it made it something better. That. I, but I, it, I but it tries to in a bit. It's like I think what it was trying to do, I think what it was trying to do was it ended up being something where this was 
uh, it almost became like a revenge fantasy thing. That the, the one place where he could be better than these guys was by taking this thing, and he didn't steal anything from them. It was all his own code. He didn't do anything, you know, wrong except for he led them on a little bit and didn't tell them earlier on that I'm not going to do this for you guys. I mean, he quote unquote stole their idea, but he didn't use any of their idea. Not not in any sort of sense that you could actually sue someone over. But he, but, but then I mean, they, they settled. Of course they settled. You, you, you settle everything. Everything's settled because otherwise it's bad press and it's bad for it's bad for everybody. It's only you know? bad press if 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 you know there's bad. You have there. to settle. I mean. Uh, if Kobe Bryant didn't rape that girl, it doesn't matter. They settled. If Ben Roethlisberger didn't rape those three girls, oh well, he settled. Settled with all of them. You know. I mean, at the point, you know, it it, it just has to happen. Does settling to not imply for... imply guilt? At this not anymore. I mean, it it's does, like taking it, the fifth. Yeah, it's not like apparently taking the fifth. not. I mean, it's like you know what? Let's end this because we're already. Then maybe this could go on for years. It should right? it should be a comment about like you know the litigious nature of. I mean, it, I think it was. I mean, this is about capitalism. this is about the. Uh, it's about, I mean, the, the social network, you were saying something about the name, I think it's great for that because it's not just about Facebook. It's about, it's about Harvard. It's about all these people who know each other. It, yeah, it, it no. was a closed off thing and suddenly he makes it for his own nefarious means, makes it something where like, you know, th- this was something that was supposed to be exclusivity. Suddenly it's for everyone. And, yeah. it's, and, it, and it becomes... They never addressed that really either too, which I, 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 I don't see how you can say it didn't address it. I mean, it's in the title. It's in the. I mean, no, that's, no, the title says so, but, but but the idea. The, the title. I thought I thought, I thought that was compl- that was remarkably short sighted of, of of the character t- to be so so like well, oh we're expanding to these schools and then these schools and these. It's like why don't you just like jump on expanding it everywhere because you like right there was the exclusivity angle right. right. Well, we'll just make I mean, it the smart he's people growing, schools. He's growing that because he's trying he's trying to make it a more popular thing. Then he mm-hmm. buys into the Sean uh, Parker thing or Sean whatever. This Parker mm-hmm. parkour. Sean He's Parker. jumping around while James Bond's chasing after him. Sean Parkour. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Parker. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole time, like, the thing he's grasping for, I mean, they even do it at his own uh, party thing. He's talking to, uh, uh, he's out by his pool talking to Eduardo, whose yeah. uh, girlfriend's busy burning his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he, and he, uh, he looks back inside. I mean, I mean, everything in in movies is intentional. Of course, he looks back inside. He's outside this this party where the popular and he never guy was is part of the thing. Yeah. He was never. I mean, and he, you can see the look on his face. I mean, he understands every single thing he's trying to do is to make himself part of this world, and he's 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 bringing that world down around him. But he's still never part of it. I just I think that's brilliant. I think it's. An, I think that they was just didn't show him try to be part of it as much as I would have liked. Are you kidding? He talks in the. That's his whole point at the beginning. At he, the beginning, and then and then the rest of the movie, it's like he was in the clubs, he was angry at the guys that didn't take him past the bike room. I mean, every I mean, he everything that happens, you can see it as him him performing some sort of revenge thing on the girl, on Eduardo, on the twins, and Max Mangella, by the way, was pretty good as the uh, their business partner of the twins. I thought that guy was pretty good. That's uh, Anthony Mangella's son. Oh yeah, yeah, he seems pretty good. I like his eyebrows, nice and thick, full. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. The, the, there was a lot. There was a handful of good, good characters yeah. and, and, and and fun stuff going he on. Get, he gets, you know, one thing for as as cold and clinical and calculated as people think he is, he gets good acting performances out of people. Yeah, he, he really does. does. He knows how to. He I knows mean, how Pitt, to direct. Pitt, the only time Pitt's Pitt, been half decent. I mean, Pitt, well, Pitt he was good sucks. in Fight Club. He was good in Fight Club, and he was playing an imaginary character. Yeah, exactly. Guy who's yeah, actually yeah. a good actor. Yeah, exactly. You know, but. Uh, uh, but that character he played was good, or that or that that archetype of uh, you know subconscious yeah. the, the, the fantasy. Benjamin Button one, I think and we've talked about this before. I think that was more a problem of writing because the character just didn't have anything to him. Yeah, I think true. that was more what that was. Uh, but but even in that case, I mean, 
he he knows how to get. I, I really do think people should consider him as a kind of a higher echelon than they do as people talk about his great. I mean, when you say the great visual director, you're hamstringing the guy right there. You know? yeah. you're, you're not calling him a director; you're calling him a visual director. Well, no, I think that's just like that. When I think of Fincher. I first think of, of the style. And I think, I mean, a movie wouldn't be a good movie if it had terrible performances. That, no. Right, so right. so, so it, it's, it goes along with it. But I I'd say the same of Kubrick. You know, I really would. I mean, yeah, I, 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 with Kubrick, I would say he's, he's a very, totally. he's got a very focused, he knows what he's doing visually. To me, it's not. Kubrick was just very deliberate. Exactly. Fincher's not as deliberate. I, you don't think so? I think, I think. I uh, mean, he's not, he's not Kubrick level, but, but, but that's because he hasn't done as many movies. Or maybe he has. He's, done, Kubrick, I think he's probably done as many by now. But I think what Fincher needs to do is truly, if he wants to be, he needs to truly brand. He's, he's never done a real comedy. If he wants I don't to, think if, he could do a comedy. If he wants to branch and, and like get this like, respectability, like if he wants, yeah, exactly. If he wants to branch and branch out truly, and he wants to be like seen as like a viewed as like a director, you know, rather than just this like music video director that you know does whatever. Then I mean, he needs to stop going for these these heavy-handed dramas. Which I mean, admittedly, Social Network still is. It's kind of heavy. Oh, for sure, it absolutely is. Um, I mean, that's because that's what the score is doing, and you're almost like, okay, people aren't being murdered here. They're just typing on keyboards and being kind of sad to each other. They don't get to like fuck the hot chick. But it's that's like, the thing. It's like man, the, the people he's hurting already have everything. And what he's doing is he's taking but, but, away... But the whole point is that away, nobody has anything. He's taking away their bragging rights. It, it's, it, I mean, he's taking away their unimportant things. I mean, this whole thing, the whole movie kind of underscores that that the way things are now, people, you, you value the stuff that's so unimportant over everything else. And this guy is is acting what looks like to be petty. And he's just after the things that are the very base and, and prime of, of you know human need. Not even need, but want, you know. He wants... He wants the girl to think he's awesome. In the beginning, we can see her to fill with that. She's annoyed at his uh, staccato delivery of his his constant contradicting her. He thinks he's in some way being cool. Apparently, like he's you know letting her know, hey, this is how I'm kind of dominating you because I see everyone else, all the males everywhere. I mean, they they show right after that. There's the, the things about the, uh, the the Phoenix Club throwing their thing, and then uh, the, the guys in this club are treating these women like just like animals and sex objects, but they're loving it. They're but the women are loving it. Yeah, yeah. Out, they're lapping it up. And he's like, you know, so, I mean, it, in a way, it's like they're mirroring that with how he thinks he can do that to, to this girl. And she's this nice, sweet, down-to-earth girl. And he, you know, in in his uh, misguided, whatever, drunken, whatever, he posts things about her on the internet and can't ever take that back. And she's mad at him. But, I mean, I mean but he's, he's the not last so dumb movie is him, is him, you know. Spoiler alert. Oh. Whatever. I mean, he's he's. <laughs> Refreshing that page over yeah. and over, like the pathetic loser he is, you know, like, like the pathetic loser. A lot of people are when they exactly do that. like a lot of people are. It's, it's the mean, most human character. Yeah, that, yeah. That it's that they, they, they just yeah. want people to want to be their friends. I, I think that's brilliant. I mean, people love the, the simplicity of the point of Citizen Kane, which is the lost innocence thing. Yeah, this isn't even like you know, this isn't even that case. This guy uh, never had innocence. He was just trying to go after these base things, and he wasn't equipped by the world to have them. But I mean, he but he he shoots himself in the foot along the way. You know, I mean, that's that's the, the human condition. Yeah, you, know? you the mistakes you make ruin you more than other people can ruin you. You know, I mean, well, yeah, every, you're and, and everyone else. Me. Everyone else buys this stuff too. You know, they they probably shouldn't have. You don't trust people with multi million ideas if you don't 
you know, we don't know them and stuff like that. Not that anyone trusts them, yeah. them, which is kind of the point of it. But well, I mean, that's why that's why you pay attention and you have your lawyers present when you're doing anything for right. real, and, and you just have a, you know, you have a healthy cynicism, but you don't let it inform everything about your life. And I mean, I mean, do you think this is like a, an effective cautionary tale about that kind of behavior, or do you think this is just is Susan like, Kane supposed to be a, a cautionary tale? Yes, I don't think it has to be a cautionary. Well, no, tale. How, maybe I'm using the wrong term. That situation where the word no, 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 no. What happened in that movie where those guys? Oh, I should do this instead. Do you want to make the joke first, and then we can talk? Okay, you always get that face like a little kid. Like, no, you're not going to let me do it. I'm sorry, but um, you talk about the relevance of any film, usually is that whether it's about people in high places accomplishing big things otherwise who how why would millions of people care or sometimes it's about small simple things and it's executed right. I mean, well it just, I mean, but, but the point it's is, relatable the, it's relatable right. and so the relatable component here being like what you just laid out which is you want something maybe on some level you need it who cares about the difference between yeah. I'm not going to get on Maslow yeah, about it, it and how you go about getting that and on what level your motivations and your desires and, you know, you can get at all the, the, the Buddhist stuff about it, create strife for yourself and end up working against you and the irony of life being, you know, all you ever wanted was a chance to relax. So you spent your whole life stressed out just trying to be able to relax. Right. That kind of thing um, is in this movie. You're right. That's what makes it like a good movie mm-hmm. for the most part. Like I said, it's not a great movie in my opinion for things I already talked about. But, you know, it's got that Citizen Kane component to a degree. You know, Rosebud. I mean, it's spelled out a little better than Citizen Kane and it is a little more mor- mortal, obviously. I think it's just more of a, a mystery in, in Citizen Kane. And then at the end, they just go, bam, here it is. And, and that's, I mean, that's... No, that's, no, but, but I mean... In this case, you should you know at the beginning what's driving but, it. But, but, but if you really want to draw the parallel, it's about the creation of an empire. It's about the creation of a... Of right. a Personality, right? Yeah, right? And with Charles Foster Kane, he buys the newspaper and he's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do, you know. He, he's idealistic. He's, he's idealistic and he's likable. And he's this funny and charming. This guy is this neither. Guy's neither. This guy's yeah. neither. So he's building his empire based on what? And that's he, the big he question. He care about the empire, though. He no, cares, nobody he cares does. About money, but but, but, but he, he does. And that's what you get more in the movie. You don't get enough with the girl for you to think that it's all about the girl. I don't really it's get all about the, the girl. It's all about him creating the status for himself so he can be like those people, which means he needs to have the empire, which means he needs to have created something important and, and so that he's got bragging rights. All he, of that stuff. He wants to be led into clubs. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he he wants to be like those guys, but 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 then but then when he kind of gets it on a level, he doesn't care. Like with the groupie chicks in that one scene. Here's where they could have made made that made it a little more clear. When the groupie chicks are all about like you know blah blah, blah he's kind of like, hey, what were those girls' names? You know. But he 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 wasn't paying attention. He was watching Bill Gates. He kind of didn't didn't really care. About the groupie chicks. It wasn't like, oh, wow, now we have groupies and it's awesome. He didn't have, like, a big shit-eating grin on his face. Because he wants more than that. I mean, he wants... Exactly. He wants the empire. He wants... He doesn't just want the empire. What he wants more to that is he... I mean, it it really does go back to that girl. That's the whole point of the beginning of the ending. But they didn't do enough of that. That was really what it was that way. I, I get the sense that it was his friend's sense that that was what it was about. But we're not talking about the real thing. We're talking no, about no, the no, movie. no. But we're talking about it based on. We're just talking about the movie. But, we, but that's the way the you know the, maybe it's kind of an odd flaw thing because it's, it's half truths and stuff. So it, it, it doesn't matter if it's truths or not. We're talking no, about it's the right. Movie. It doesn't. But it's, but, it, but it's based. Life. But it's based on something supposed to be true. So it's got these half truths in it, and that makes it imp- difficult to be one hundred percent authentic. Which is why a lot of times they don't like documentaries. So, so take it as a, as a as a fiction. Sure. 
But but the problem what is... What does authenticity have to do with it? Uh, here's the thing. Authenticity is usually, in any kind of art form, pure contrivance. That's why I can take a drama over a documentary for truth just about any day. Now, I know that sounds really, really, like, contradictory, but... When a writer sits down to tell a story, to flesh out an idea through characters and interactions and behaviors based on their own ideas of those things and things they may have read and uh, other sorts of things. I mean, let's be serious. They're all based on experiences. Yes, they're They're based based on experiences and stuff. Then what you have is you have something that's not polluted, if you will, by like uh, a semi-autobiographical whatever. Which is what you have in this film. You have this kind of this collection of this influx of like, well, and so you know at times the, the guy, you know, Sorkin sitting there hammering out the story, or the guy writing the book was hammering out the book, and the friend was like, well, it didn't really, and he's like, well, look, you know, we've got this creative nonfiction license, which is I think got to be one of the most insidious subjects. Or um, James Frey wouldn't have gotten in trouble if he just called his memoir that. Yeah, exactly, right? And you know what? It still would have been fine. Like I said, even the South Park guys make the points. Like, who cares? It helps people, blah, blah. But it is... But we're, but, but, but those terms have a point because if, you, if you're going to say... If you're going to say, look, this happened to real people, that's one thing. Now, if you're going to present a documentary, everyone knows, okay, this is supposed to be presenting something real. Now, we know it's an art form. We know that there's contrivance that the documentarian has an agenda in some cases. You know, Michael Moore. Sometimes they're, they're more clinical and less driven to go one way or the other and so that that's just what makes a film like this tough to to look at because it's got this like it's trying to serve two masters you know what i mean it's trying to serve this like trying to be authentic to the way things really were but also trying to tell this narrative about this story and so like you said in real life people do things for the girl you know this guy's doing this for the girl but he's also doing it for a lot of other reasons because humans are complicated that uh you know, are both whimsical and completely superficial, and and or completely, you know, inexplicable in some cases. And that's just the true, the truth, the sort of existential dilemma of, of being alive. Is that sometimes you just do things because you're driven towards, like you said, towards revenge or towards whatever. So it makes analysis a little tougher in this film because it's like, well, was he really doing that for the girl or was he doing it for revenge on the on the two guys? So you want to be beat over the head with things and you want it to no, I don't. out for you? No, no, no. I just think that... It, the, the, I think that's the most brilliant thing about it is that it doesn't have to do that stuff. It's, I mean, it's it's very clear what what drives this guy and I really don't think that's that's his... You know. I get I get all of that. I just I just feel like, like I said, I just feel like I, it would have done a better job had it sort of focused more on in some sense of the friendship angle or whatever instead it it kind of left me scratching my head at the end a little I mean I still understood everything because I've seen enough other movies and I kind of know where it's draw, it's drawing from a certain kind of thematic pool and it, you're right it's got those points in there and, but I don't have, I'm not one of those people that has a real problem with formula either you know if formula is well executed, then it's it's fine. And this movie has a decent bit of it, but it also really doesn't. I mean, like, when did Act Two start for you? Uh, once they started Facebook. Yeah, right after that. Starts, okay. Yeah. And then Act Three was once uh, once Eduardo freezes the assets. 
Okay. No, I mean, I mean, so so you can kind of find this stuff. It's just like I say, it's it's a little murky, and I don't think it's any more murky than any other good drama. Mm. So it goes. We we can we uh, we can agree to disagree uh, on on some level about that, I guess. So what would you give it? Four. Four. Four out of five. Mm-hmm. At three point five out of five. See, it's, it, our, our, it's a point five difference in our rating based on you know my my senses of it. And yours, so you didn't. It's not a five for you because it doesn't. Very rarely are our films a five for you. Yeah, I, same I, for I'll me. I'll give a five to something like The Dark Knight. Uh, it's not a four point five. There's there's very little. Uh, what, what did you What did you have, have have issue with that made it a four instead of a four point five or, a, you know, you've talked to mostly praise about. I it. think that the fact that it is about it, it is. It is made all the more powerful right now by the fact that it is about something completely relevant and about one one of the biggest things on earth, if not you know for Twitter, one of the one of the biggest connecting unifying things on earth. That stuff that the Sean Parker character says about oh, that he's saying in the coke fueled room when they when he gets arrested. I mean, that's kind of like the point right there. He's talking about how you yeah. know the, it's this is the new evolution of humanity. Yeah. And meanwhile, humanity's dripping away from everyone out of this. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's. Uh, it, it, it's an old thing, you know. It's, it's, and it's, it's very—it's not, it's not trite. It's not a trite thing, but it's—it's it's one of the old. I mean, all these things are, you know, every movie has the same. Uh, you know, what? There's 13 plots or whatever. <laughs> whatever well, they say. To, to so, so but, anyway, but, but the simple so, fact is, but, so it's people it's made, still it's made all Coke more powerful and relevant prostitutes. Now. And he says that line, which is great. I'm glad they had it in there because that that will make it more relevant in the future as well. But reality is, 10 years from now, this is going to be one of those films that people say. You know, great movie. Uh, once again, this is about outdated technology. I mean, the thing is about five-year-old technology already, or six-year-old technology. So, I mean, things are outdated. People are sending each other emails over over the phone. I mean, they're yeah. checking emails over the phone. They're not yeah, texting the, each the, other. The, the five-gig cell phone is pretty much going to make the Facebook obsolete, except the Facebook is still the... The, the reservoir, the conduit through which people are connecting to their phone. Right. See, somebody came up with a brilliant gimmick at the right time because now the phone is used to go to the Facebook as opposed to just cutting it out. Do you want me to finish? Finish. Okay, so it's a little circuit there. It's, huh? it's relevance and power now uh, is uh, on the flip side is going to make it. I mean, obviously less relevant, but it's it's not going. It's not. It's it will still remain meaningful, but it's going to be. Uh, just unimportant in the future. I mean, as a whole, this film will be unimportant in the future. It's it's wow. it, it may be some sort of evolutionary step in Fincher's career because it's because he's done things with. I mean, he first of all, he just made a choice to make a different type of movie than he than he's made before. It, it doesn't it doesn't rely on anything that uh, of, of the tropes that he usually goes to. I mean, he like we said he or, or maybe I didn't say this while we were recording, but he he kind of does fall into his. Uh, uh, you know, digital lust by filming the one guy as twins, which was cool. I mean, I mean, you're not going to find twins that look that alike, you know. <laughs> so that was cool, you know. And the, and the actor was like, you know, I mean, it was almost creepy. Like his voice was like, was uh, uh you know, the guy who's the uh, the serial killer in the fish head chopping factory. Yeah, Brian jo- James. Yeah, I mean that guy has house, an yeah. unnaturally low voice, and those guys sounded like him to me. So just just like, to clarify for the audience, the fish beheading factory Cobra, where the, the cult from, from Marion Cobretti, the Marion Cobretti uh, uh, creative nonfiction novel. Yes, part one. It was part one in the Cobretti series. 
which Demolition Man is part two, and Judge Dredd is part three. Right. It brings closure to the whole Cobretti saga. So, so you know that that anyway. Getting back to the whole thing, I yeah. I think that uh, its its power now is going to be uh, almost like a uh, um, it's going to be detrimental to it in the future. Okay. Well, now I guess because, I- because it is about something so relevant to right now. I mean, Facebook may not be what it is next year. MySpace is dead. Yeah. I mean. Uh, God bless his heart. Uh, when Rupert Murdoch bought it, it was already dead. I mean, he spent uh, uh, that kid made a lot of money's fortune on on MySpace. It's used now for bands. Bands yeah. use it. I mean, that's it's used as an advertising thing. And all these things are. I mean, yeah. Facebook has become that now. I mean, the whole thing. The, the the one the one interesting thing is that you know the Eduardo Sovereign character is supposed to be you know like if he's the good guy and he's the one like you know where this is based on his yeah his uh, consulting in the end of, about his own story. Here's the thing, he was trying to commercialize this thing. Yeah, I mean the one thing people liked about Facebook in the very beginning was there's nothing commercial about this. It's you and your friends. There's no ads and stuff. Slowly they put ads in there. Slowly they add Zynga stuff with Farmville and the poker and all that stuff that like swamps you now with stuff constantly. And now there's ads for movies, and now there's ads for music, and it is becoming. But it's a still thing. a lot of it's, it's very become, choice. Like you, if you follow, oh, sure, if sure, you become like a sure. fan of a show, it's then it still, will pop up. It's still unwanted advertising. Oh yeah, and that's the thing the good guy was trying to bring to it in the beginning, and that's yeah. the thing the other guy didn't want for his own nefarious means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I keep saying nefarious. Well, he's selfish. I mean, it was well, it's no, just no, no, no. It's because he knew he, he, he was more like wait. I can get popular with this. And this can grow if we don't do this to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll become worth something. I mean, Google doesn't do anything except for taking places, yet it's worth billions and billions and billions mm-hmm. and billions and billions and billions of well, dollars. There are no it's, ads it's, on it's Google. It's the analysis I mean, that Google does. It is, it's but I mean, that, you know, you can put stock in The things. algorithm. If exactly. You, you can put stock in things that don't do anything except for taking places. You can put stock in things like Facebook. That's where the money came from. They it's got like Wall Street. Investment. They got it's huge like investment. It's like Wall Street. Shareholders. It doesn't make it gets traded. It doesn't do anything. No. It's it's being traded, and it's word of mouth is worth money for yes. no reason. Not in the stock it's market. Got, when it fails, the world's going to collapse. Yeah. And never, you know, dark. It's cetera, just like in Wall Street. Just like in Room Never Sleeps. No, no. In the, in the original Wall Street, when he talks about fine art and he talks about the value of the painting and right. he talks about how we don't make anything. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, and that's, I mean, you know, maybe that's... I mean, the, so that's the thing. Maybe guess, that's the cautionary tale. Let's is, see the story is, about the character so, that makes something. So you know? maybe I missed smoke. Maybe there is a pertinence to it that will go beyond. But there is. That, well, I was going to argue people that. People will have say. to kind of dig for that more. Because that's it, what because I was saying is the problem. I don't think that's a problem. I don't. I really because don't. Because superficially, if it's about the technology, like you said, which is going to be irrelevant in 20 minutes... It, it's not, but it is. But it is about something that I mean. When people heard that Fincher was doing that, this it was laughable. Yeah. People kept saying Facebook the movie as a joke, like yeah. you know, and it's called. It's not called Facebook the movie. I mean, like who would who would do a biopic uh, at this point in their career? I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, Scorsese's done it multiple times now, and he and he highly stylizes everything. You know, yeah. I, I I think that in the long run, though. You know, people will be able to, they will see the relevance, whatever. But I mean, it's going to end up being about ancient technology very soon. It's going to be about ancient, which is why it would be a better movie if it were more focused on the characters trying to do the thing. You know, like you said, all the stuff you said, you're going to have to hunt for it a little. But it's there, and you're right; it is there. And I did see it, and I did was aware of all it's, of it. It's an amazing it snapshot of this generation, this era in time. It's it's a it's fantastic. So it'll have it's relevance in that side historically. I, I, like I thought it was great. Like was other great. films from the past, that when you look at them, you can say, "Oh well," this or like 
heaven forbid, like the comic book Watchmen was so seminally relevant right. in the 80s. And it's sure. still a good one, but yeah, like, yeah. you read it now and you're like, well, I don't know, compared yeah, to the reads of comics, it's like, sure. yeah, things, things have evolved. Uh, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't change its greatness, but it does no. change its relevance. So, uh, the reason why I would say something like Dark Knight is a five and this is a four is because the Dark Knight is monumental, epic, timeless, timeless, archetypal. Uh, it's it's a study of archetypes, and I think that ends up being something. And that this movie could have been that, you know what I mean? I, it, if it, it were it more interesting, to, it's about little people. It's like, about little people. I know, but and if it were, that's what, that's what I meant when I met like Fincher and all these other people working on it. I'm like, oh, if only you get them together to do something. It's about the difference big between stuff. epic and drama. That's all the difference is. Yeah, you're right. right. Epic you're and right. drama. I mean, they're right. bad epics. The, a oh, great yeah. epic and a great drama. That's a difference to me. I mean, they're, so, they're, so they're, you'll never give a great drama uh, a five? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, I think there are some very well-made ones, but they're not necessarily ep- epics. I mean, I, I think uh, I think Casablanca, which is more of a noir than a drama, in my, in my is is yeah, is, is close to like a perfect film. I really think uh, Sunset Boulevard. I know people love Citizen Kane. I think Sunset Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard is too is, weird, too weird it's to be a perfect I think epic. It's, I think it's phenomenal. I don't think it's epic. I don't. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's still a noir thing, but I think it falls okay. into to drama. I think. I think that final Chinatown, which again, I mean, I keep picking things that are noir. Yeah, you love noir, huh? Um, and there are archetypes in that. Yeah, but, but none of those are epic. They're about little people and the, but the things. That's that you why I like noir so much because it really gets to like good, and then that's why it's like I see Fincher and Reznor and. It's, they both trade in dark material and cold material and things like that and I'm like why don't they do a noir and then it would be this awesome thing that would be more interesting subject matter than a kid that's angry that girls don't like him because he's a nerd typing yeah, away on a keyboard I, 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 th- I think it worked well for this and I also think that well it was, Fincher, it was, it was, it was kind of juxtaposing Fincher, Fincher doing a noir is like saying hey uh, Michael Jordan you did the basketball thing now why don't you try playing this other game called basketball you know, like yeah, okay, okay, instead. fine. Yeah, but so, so, how many how many noirs has Fincher actually done? Well, what I'm saying is, he does everything in the style of. I mean, with, he with does, that, which would be like, let's bring so, the subject so matter. So doesn't that make it part of that? I mean, you could probably look up things that no, no, that noir, genre noir five films. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, could yeah, probably yeah. find every one of his films. F- like films, films, film noir is one of those. that's not a genre. It's, it's a not, style. It's so a style, you're right. You're yeah. right. It, it does kind of fall in it. But I guess what I mean is like you know a subject. I don't know. I just. Obviously, part of my neg- negative negativity in this review is just kind of disappointment that that it's not something that I would enjoy more. But that's 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 fine. I still gave it, I think, a pretty pretty decent review because I understood what it was going for. That's now, do we have personal Facebook stories we want to share for the internet for our listeners? No. Because because we both use it. I post the podcast onto it. It's one of the primary ways I I, I get the, the podcast out. I there. post. I usually just post celebrity deaths. You pretty much that's what your thing is. Your that's thing is usually thing celebrity deaths, the occasional sort of sports sarcastic thing. comment about a sports thing or the fear that you're dying of something. Or maybe. hate. Or I would just load it with hate. I just well, that's the internet, though, see? I mean, that's where this movie could have been really excelled at. It was the whole hate culture of the of the internet and of people. I mean, Are you kidding? Movie. It's all about hate culture. It, it starts with him bagging on chicks yeah, and saying it does, like farm true. animals. It's true. It, it does. It does to a degree. But, but I don't know. Hate culture is human. It's humanity to a degree, but that's not all there is in humanity. It makes you feel better to bag on others, but then it makes you feel sad when you're sitting there alone in a room, just hitting just the, the hit, hitting the refresh the button. Condition. That's the modern human condition. That's modern the Sisyphean. Condition. That's the pushing the yeah. rock up a hill and just hit, hitting the refresh button on the computer, yeah. not building anything or accomplishing anything. Why so would why do I care about you? 
Yeah, but you need to build new you have, things. You have to find new parameters. And you the do. New parameter is in things that don't exist. No. And, no. And show stores. Show so short sighted. Oh not. my god. Who? Where's the hoverboards? Where's the flying cars? Where's the moon bases? No one's built them yet. That stuff's garbage. It never had any basis in reality. That's Why? science fiction Why? stuff. Why? That's Moonraker. Because no one you built want it? Moonraker to happen? Because no one built it? You want Moonraker the to fail- happen? The failures of the 60s oh, and the 70s and everything Urbaniac else. Maniac stuff. What? How's this James Urbaniac? You've co-opted the... Uh, the Venture Brothers Venture story? Brothers, uh, oh, well, that's not James Urbaniac. No, but that failure... Yeah, exactly. But that failure idea is more than just that. I mean, that's the big picture thing. you seen Henry Fool? Yeah, he's in that. Yeah. And, uh, and the sequel? Fagram. Fagram, yeah. yeah. Hal... Uh, Hal something. Hal something, yeah. I like some of his movies. I've seen a couple of them. Hal... Hartley. Hartley? Yeah, Hal Hartley. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, that's the whole thing. There's still stuff to build. I gotta pick up my kids. I know, you gotta, I'll, I'll go with you. Yeah, go with me. There's still things to build, people. Seaweed and wool, a strong brick.